Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Risk with Dr. Naveen Agarwal. Each week we talk about a topic related to risk management of medical devices in a very casual and informal way. This is not a webinar or lecture, rather our goal is to talk about key topics and challenges in a very informal way and share best practices. I'm your host Naveen Agarwal and I'm the principal and founder at Achieve where my personal mission is to help you achieve success in risk management. My guest in this episode is Ronald Baumans. He is a PRRC trainer and a coach and a strategic consultant for medical device companies. We are talking about quality of life benefit and how medical device risk practitioners should consider this quality of life benefit in their benefit risk evaluations. We also discuss some of the key highlights from the team PRRC meeting where Ronald ran a workshop on the role of PRRC for medical device manufacturers. We had this conversation as part of our weekly LinkedIn live audio series in front of a live audience. You're about to hear a recording of our conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So with that, uh, I welcome all of you. And uh, particularly, Ronald, thank you for joining me today. I so, so appreciate your time. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And I uh, like, like your work, which you do with uh, risk management. So, that's, uh, so it's a great opportunity here to, uh, to share some of my thoughts with, uh, with, your, uh, with your network. Thank you, Ronald. Uh, could you please just start by uh, introducing yourself briefly to our audience? Um, yes, uh, I, uh, I I started working med- medical devices in 1987, a company, uh, a Dutch company making medical devices, and I worked in product development there. And um, um, since then, I've seen almost all aspects of uh, medical devices. I worked in distribution, so I had my own company selling, to, importing and selling devices, which was. Uh, Quite interesting, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and but that that went uh, that went bust. Um, I mean, you know, good experience, but yeah, yeah. Um, it happens. And um, uh, and then I, I I started working in uh, in in research, quality of life research related to the use of medical devices. Mm-hmm. So can you can you see differences in quality of life? Can you make it measurable, mm-hmm. quantifiable? Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. I did some research into standards, uh, so develop a standard, a test for a standard. Um, uh, if you ever have the opportunity and you want to see a completely different perspective on medical devices um, and see all the bad things that companies can can think of um, um, and, and some good things as well, um, go there. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, then I started working for the Dutch Competent Authority, the, the uh, Dutch um, healthcare inspectorate as a, a senior inspector, and I was responsible for uh, the southern half of the Netherlands together with my team. And um, I did that for 11 years. And then I uh, joined Imergo, which is a consulting organization, a global consulting organization. Worked there for nine years. And since June of last year, I, uh, I have my own consulting company. Um, a balance regulatory consulting, and I specialize in strategic consulting. So uh, Very nice. answer the difficult questions. Very nice. Well, you, you have seen so much in the field. You have seen so much appli- in application. 
So I'm sure you have uh, very, very interesting insights. But Ronald, before we go into the quality of life discussion, I know that you just returned from a PRRC summit and you actually did a workshop there. So I'm actually, I'm very curious to hear just a few sort of key takeaways, key highlights uh, that you can share with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the second uh, PRC uh, team PRC summit with uh, almost twice the number as of participants as last year. So that's a, a really exciting growth there. Um, and um, so we had uh, uh, many speakers uh, speak about some practical aspects of the PRC. Right. And um, so, for example, we learned about uh, from notified bodies how do they expect inspect. Audit the role of the PRC. Mm-hmm. So if you're there as a PRC, they want to see evidence that you have done a training. So mm-hmm. <laughs> your training, your your university degree certificate thing should be there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just stating in your CV, I've worked for at least four years or one year. In that is not enough. You need to have more evidence there. Right. And um, so that, that's that's very interesting. Uh, uh, that, that was a very interesting um, thing to see. Um, and um, we also uh, talked about how liable is a PRC and, and what's the risk for the PRC. And uh, what we saw from, um, so that's a different type of risk. It's not medical devices risk. It's, it's just a risk of doing your job, uh, yeah. maybe not perfect. Um, uh, what we learned there from from lawyers, but also from competent authorities, is that the li- the risk is is limited, mm-hmm. but you must demonstrate that you do your job properly. Got you. And that also means that uh, if you intentionally look the, the other way, and there's clear evidence, someone communicates to you, "Hey, listen, uh, dear PRC, we have a problem here," mm-hmm. and you ignore it. Um, yeah, that that's. Um, then the, the 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 requirements, the the regulations in in Italy, for example, can put a PRC in jail. Gotcha. And yeah, and and other uh, member states have fines, but that's for PRCs who are intentionally uh, yeah. making errors. Yeah, yeah, just making a mistake, just overlooking something. Um, you cannot see everything, even notified bodies sample things. So you, you cannot do as a PRC what a notified body does. Yeah. Um, or even better, even improve on the notified body. And, and that was interesting to see and, and um, sort of relief in the room with all these PRCs. Okay, yeah. I, I don't have to be gold or even better than that. Um, yeah. No. Um, it, it, you just have to just, just do your job. Uh, as a PRC, yeah. So, um, so competence. And there I... was one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but one, one thing I want to add: there was someone who was uh, working as a PRC and then got promoted to head of uh, uh, quality regulatory affairs in a large organization, mm-hmm. and she stayed on as a PRC. And that, as she demonstrated, was a mistake. Yeah, it's a delegated and, role. Yes, it's a dedicated role. And where, as a PRC, she could walk into a room and pick up some interesting information. As uh, part of the, the management team, when she walked into the room, all conversation stopped. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's not how it works. Well, I, but I think this is this is really interesting for our audience to be aware of because 
you know, there, there is really a new development here, a new way of doing business in the light of um, MDR. So I think what you're sharing makes sense. And uh, folks, if you have questions about the PRRC role, there's no better person than Ronald to ask. So please feel free to connect. <laughs> I'm going to sign you up. But you have so much insight to share on this topic. And I'm, I'm really appreciating that you are giving us some real world kind of tips based on your most recent experience. Yes, okay. Uh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, but you, you just reach out. I mean, especially PRCs, you are in a very lone, you can be in a lone position. Just reach out. Uh, yeah. If it's a simple question, I just help you immediately. Yeah. Because I know it's it can be a difficult position. Wonderful. Thank you, Ronald. Uh, so let's, let's jump into quality of life. So first of all, uh, my first question was, can quality of life benefit be cons- can be considered as a clinical benefit? And, and how do we actually start to even think about it? Yes, uh, quality of life can be seen as a, as a clinical benefit. Uh, if you look at um, the health technology assessment uh, regulation that's coming up now, um, that is about quality of life. And um, for example, if you have a if you are suffering um, a chronic disease and you have um, um, a, a device is is you're using a device which is not good, um, then your quality of life gets so bad that you may no longer want to live. Huh. Um, and that's and, and I've I've seen it happen. So quality of life is is really something uh, important, something that you have to pay attention to, and it can be put into a clinical context. That's awesome. So can you share an example of a quality of life benefit that kind of you have come across or you have worked with uh, in a medical device? Yes, yes, I can. I can do that. Um, it was a company they uh, they made a an, an implant. Um, it's a it's a small implant used to. Uh, sort of assist the meniscus. So in certain uh, 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 conditions, um, make the meniscus uh, degenerate, and that can be very painful. And um, uh, by uh, using this little implant, the meniscus is assisted. So it's not replacing anything. You can take it out, and then you go back to where you were. Um, It is inserted um, in a very small procedure. So instead of having to do full uh, total knee replacement, you have a little little cut. Uh, it's done under local anesthesia, and um, um, it's because of the local anesthesia that patients are not capable of walking out of the hospital. But otherwise, they would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. It's that a minimal invasive. Um, and after that, and, and so they tested it. It worked perfectly, and but they they, they made a little mistake. The the manufacturer. Mm. They did not realize that patients, after they started using that, uh, got, got this implant, um, they went back to their normal life they had before they got this this condition. And um, so it, instead of stabilizing the patient, the patient was gaining a lot of extra quality of life. So pe- people went back to, uh, well, re- went back to the army where they came from or... Mm. Uh, went skiing again, or mountaineering, or what have you, and um, and that started wearing out these implants. Ah. So within two years, quite a lot of these implants had to be replaced. Now, if you have um, orthopedic implants and revisions, and less than two years, these three things in one line, 
uh, in one sentence, all alarm bells go off at competent authorities. Mm -hmm. So they had big problems there. So they reached out to me, what can we do? And so we started working on showing the difference in quality of life and improvement of quality of life and justified this early replacement, which is done again under local anesthesia. And you're not, uh, uh, how should I say, reducing the quality of the knee mm-hmm. by, by doing it. Like, in, I mean, there's a number of times you can do a total knee replacement. Um, and But this is, this you can keep doing. And patients in, said, well, no, please, uh, because they knew that within 10 days, they would be back to where they were after this uh, replacing this implant. So uh, patients uh, were actually uh, were, were actively promoting that they could keep using this device. Mm-hmm. And um, so with that in mind, we, we created um, uh, in the um, clinical evaluation report a separate section about quality of life and how, how that justified this risk of early uh, revision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the device is now on the European market. It is certified by Tufsuit of all places, and uh, competent authorities um, know that this that that this early revision thing is there, and 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 now will know that they can ignore it. So gotcha. not a problem. So here you have a risk, uh, the risk of of failure of an of an implant due to. Um, uh, too high load, yeah. which is made acceptable by the quality of life aspect. Okay, I see what you mean. Now, now of course, the ideal situation would be that you know the device doesn't doesn't fail, even though the quality of life has improved and the activity level has gone back to what it was originally. I think that would yeah. be the kind of uh, ideal situation. But what I'm hearing you say is that even though there's a risk of revision surgery. That risk is offset by the improvement, higher improvement in quality of life. That's yes. what I'm hearing you say. So it's a benefit-risk kind of evaluation. Yes. Now uh, that's that's fascinating to me because I never looked at it this way. In fact, uh, the other aspect of this is you said minimally invasive surgery, surgical procedure. It could apply. It may not apply to other procedures which might be more sort of intensive. Uh, more sort of uh, involved, right? Because then the risk is not as low as it would be in this case, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, it it, it would change. If it, the, the equation would be different. Right. But maybe even then, right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think what, what I'm hearing you say is that paying attention to the quality of life benefit in addition to other clinical benefits can help us strengthen our case yes. of the benefit-risk sort of analysis that we have done. Yes, yes, Got yes. It. You can have a, 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 a device with a technical problem or some kind of a risk and um, and um, um, uh, making it acceptable. I have another example. Do you sure. have time for that? Yes, do absolutely. Yeah, let's, okay. do a, let's do a quick example and then we can invite conversation on this. Yes, uh, it, it's a it's a device that's used invasively in a body orifice, and you cannot see on the outside of a, if a patient is using it. Mm-hmm. That device has a magnet, a powerful magnet inside it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go into an MRI scanner with that magnet in your body. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you cannot see it on the outside. If a patient is brought in, uh, uh, in unconscious in a, in a hospital, they may end up an MRI scanner. Now, if a patient arrives unconscious. 
there is a protocol that the patient should be scanned by a, a ferromagnetic um, a, a detector. Uh -huh. It's not always done. So here we have the problem that a, a use error on another device by another user is causing a, 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 a deadly risk because you, it, 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 it is deadly. Yeah. Um, a deadly risk uh, to to uh, a patient using another device. Um, if you look at what is the risk, the, the chance of the patient uh, having that, uh, this particular, it, it's a very small chance. The point is that because of you, you cannot see the patient from the uh, see that the patient is a patient from the outside, mm -hmm. and um, patients can just go back to normal life and. And that is very important in the quality of life. So we are pushing this now because it is about, um, it has more with this, this device. Instead of having being dependent of uh, uh, seeing a physician uh, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. um, they can now live for several weeks without seeing a physician and then the device has to be replaced. It's, it's, a, it's a short term use device. Um, but it it, it 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 means they can go on vacation mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and it's it's for people in people in at, at relatively young ages so it, it yeah it has everything to do with quality of life um yeah fascinating and, because the, the key yeah. point here i think what i'm hearing also is that if we are offering quality of life benefit by something like this we should also be aware of some additional risks that might be involved in this case, you mentioned the use error risk. In the prior case, you know, there might be like too many surgeries or too much damage. Mm -hmm. So it's a new, sort of a new way of thinking about benefit risk, is it not? If we are yeah. going after quality of life as one of the benefits that we want to demonstrate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you need to do it because healthcare is about quality of life. I mean, that's Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Exactly, exactly. Why not? <laughs> oh, this is fascinating. I, I so appreciate this uh, kind of new conversation. Guys, uh, floor is open. So, you know, uh, you just find a way to alert me. I think you can raise your hand virtually. Bichan, you are requesting to speak. So I'm going to bring you up. And guys, you don't have to wait. Uh, just let me know you're interested. And uh, I can bring more than one person at a time yeah. on our virtual stage. So with that, Bichan, please uh, share what you have in mind. Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead, please. Okay, good. Yes, uh, hi, hi, Reinhold. Uh, uh, a very interesting topic um, about quality of life. It's, it's kind of a subjective thing. I'm curious on the meniscus device that you mentioned, when you did your clinical trials, how did you measure your uh, benefit? What was your primary endpoint? Did you use a scale? How did you do that? Um, yeah, well, we used... Um, um, um... Uh, actually, a very simple uh, strategy. We um, we asked patients uh, before and after. Um, so we, we knew about these patients what what was important in their lives. So we asked them um, before the intervention and um, several weeks after the intervention um, about things that they were doing. So can you walk ch stairs if it's important for them to walk stairs? Can you do shopping independently? Can you do this? Can you do that? And they had to mark that on a scale of one to 10. Mm -hmm. And wow. um, and then you have a quantification of it. Okay. Yeah. And 
and it's it's very hard data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. We, we needed to do that on a, quite a short term. So we, we had devices were being implanted, not in Europe, but somewhere else. And so we used this strategy before and in, and a few weeks after the implant, uh, uh, implantation, uh, these questions. So we had, um, in, in about four months time, we had sufficient data to show, yep, there is a big uh, difference in quality of life. And you know, in okay. some ways, in some ways, this reminds me of uh, the pain scale because everyone is so different; their perception of pain is so different. Uh, you always ask them, you know, on a scale of one to five or one to ten, how you are feeling. So what I'm hearing in this is that yes, it's a subjective sort of uh, metric, but we could measure it, and there are other best practices that we can learn from to really quantify this in a reliable way. So that's very fascinating. Guys, uh, we're going to continue having this conversation. Bijan, please hang in there. Uh, if we have time, we're going to talk more about this. Uh, but the okay. fl floor is open, guys. So uh, please uh, feel free to join us. Share your thoughts, any questions or comments you have on what you have heard so far, or if you have come across this quality of life aspect of your benefit-risk evaluation, please share that with us. So, Ronald, I'm going to pursue this a little bit more with you um, because there is one point that is still not very clear in my mind is that by default, you know, if we are solving sort of a medical condition or medical problem through a therapeutic device, uh, we are definitely providing the benefit. And usually we are used to measuring them in a clinical way. And we, we expect that their quality of life should improve. So is there something different about the approach that you're talking about? Is something more than what a traditional medical device would be expected to deliver anyway. Um, I'm not sure if I understand the question. Can you rephrase? Like, like it? for for example, let's say so. I, I have a lot of experience in the you know ophthalmology or you know eye care area. So let's say my vision is not very good and I I can no longer drive at night, right? It, I, I get glares and maybe I have this great surgical procedure or a device or something that can go inside my eye. And it can help me do that now. So basically, it it helped me overcome a limitation I was beginning to face. That was the purpose of the device to begin with. And it, it offered me, it was able to give me the quality of life that I had before. What I'm asking is that, is there anything additional, anything extra that we are thinking about from a quality of life point of view that we should quantify? Like something that I was never able to do before, now I'm able to do it rather than something um, I was able to do before and now I cannot do it and I'm helping solve that problem. Um, yeah, well, that's not something we uh, I, I, I tend to measure. So if, if I'm talking about quality of life, um, the, typical, the typical way to do that, uh, the typical strategy to do that, and that's what when I, when I was doing this clinical quality of life research, we, we developed this uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you have interviews with people and ask them what's important. What, what is important in your life? What what makes your life worthwhile? Mm -hmm. And then you start asking questions about that and try to quantify that in mm -hmm. in, in scales. And um, uh, and and then uh, and and then you can start using it and and apply interventions to that group. So and then you can see if one intervention is scoring better in terms of quality of life than the other. For I example. Um, patients who are incontinent um, 
you can use different types of incontinent material. And, um, and then you can see if one incontinent material provides better quality of life than the other. I got you. So you could have, you could have like a gradient in the quality yeah. of life measurement and your performance can be kind of evaluated based on that. Roger, I see you have joined us. So please uh, unmute your mic and share what you have in mind. Mm. I just want to jump in on the conversation. I agree. This is an interesting way to think about this, something I've not done. <clears throat> and I can see, uh, even though I'm, I'm not greatly versed in this, at the beginning of the development project, getting with clinical engineering to maybe even start gathering some of the some of this quality of life at the beginning of what you're researching your your device for uh, it helped people uh, think about this so I'm more from the hardcore engineering and I my risk benefit is really about my mental focus has always been on the technical aspect mm -hmm. but yeah this is forevermore I will be thinking risk benefit parentheses quality of life close parentheses so yeah, very good topic. I like it, Roger. That's a good way of thinking about it. Go ahead, Ronald. Well, I, can, I, can, I have a su suggestion. It, in in the, my first job, we 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 we, uh, we did this. Um, um, so we were starting to develop a completely new new device for people with uh, um, with a stoma, ostomy product, and a completely new way of thinking about it. So what we did is we uh, interviewed some uh, patients. We we had some. Patients representing specific types of um, people with uh, with a stoma, and um, so we interviewed them. We had a summary for the interview printed and uh, pictures. 1987 digital things were not there, so it was quite a logistic issue, a challenge as well. But we had those pictures in the room where we were doing this project, and every time we had a question, we looked at at these pictures. What would they say about what we're now going to propose? Because these people were really alive for us, mm -hmm. and uh, and and when one of we, we got a, a message that one of them died during our project, so we, we we went to to the funeral because they were so so real for us. Wow, I think this is bringing more of a personal connection and allowing us to connect more directly with yeah. with the patients. I I love this. I think this is a great idea for us to. Uh, bring in that perspective, the patient perspective, and why, you know, we always say that, hey, we are doing it for the patients, but if we don't see it, if we don't talk to them, if we don't hear exactly. their stories, it's not real. And we are we are in our offices, we are in our workshops or labs doing work, and it becomes unreal. Guys, we still have a couple of minutes left, so I invite you to uh, please join us and share your thoughts. Uh, we still have some time left, and we will continue to talk about it for a couple of minutes. Uh, Ronald, any other? Uh, okay, Ian, you are requesting to join. Go ahead, and Nathan, I'll also bring you up. Hopefully, you guys can join us. Okay, Ian, go ahead, please. What you have in mind, share. Hi, Ian. You're still muted. Yes, you might want to unmute yourself first. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Ronald. It's been quite a thought-provoking um, discussion. And something that, that came to my mind was, um, it's a slightly off topic, but connected in a way, was how the Kingdom of Bhutan looks at um, society as a whole. And it has a, an approach that's based on that happiness of the society rather than anything that's uh, specifically to do with things like gross national product. So its metrics are very different to metrics that um, other countries use. 
Um, and I think this this quality of life thing um, is a very important way that manufacturers should think about it. And there, there is a precedent for this in the way that some countries do look at healthcare and society as a whole. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I like it. Thank you for sharing that, Ian. Let's see. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Nathan, you are trying to come up here, but I'm having difficulty bringing you on stage right now. Please uh, give it a try in a little bit. Uh, okay, guys, I think we are going to run short of time. So I'm going to give uh, Ronald just a couple of minutes to collect his thoughts and uh, you know share with us a few key takeaways. But in the meantime, uh, as a very quick reminder, we meet every Friday at 11 Eastern. So those of you who are new, you can just join us at 11 o'clock. Mark, mark it on your calendars. And if you miss it, the recordings of these conversations are available on the Let's Talk Risk newsletter. In fact, now I have created a separate space where you can find all the recordings in one place. Uh, the link to join the Substack newsletter is in this event as a first link. And finally, I want to give a call out once again to ask you to raise your hand and join me as a guest speaker. I know all of you have unique insights to share. Uh, it's There's no preparation required. There is no work, just a willingness to come up and join us in a conversation is what is needed. So please reach out to me if you're interested. Uh, we have a very flexible calendar and we welcome anybody and everybody who is willing to join us. With that, uh, Ronald, I wanna give you the floor for a couple of minutes to share any key takeaways that we can take from this conversation today. Um, yeah, well, I, I think I, I won't go, don't want to go as far as uh, um, um, and what, what Ian was saying uh, that we should uh, start thinking as Bhutan, but maybe every now and then um, consider it um, and and take and, and try to 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 really understand who are your patients, especially if you have a quite innovative device. Um, uh, you, you probably have a lot of challenges in, in developing it and getting it to the market. And if you know that someone is waiting for it, it helps a lot. Um, so yes, if you know that people that you're going to to change people's lives, yeah, that's that's then then six-hour working weeks is nothing, right? <laughs> um, and uh, um, yeah, what I also see from the from the responses here, uh, quality of life, um, yeah, it is a bit, um, I should say, uh, overlooked. Um, I, I think we can uh, we can change that a bit and just start addressing it and start using it as a as a factor in uh, in how to uh, develop your products and how to demonstrate compliance. That's awesome. Nathan, I know you have and joined. Last, Go ahead. And one last thing. If 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 you if you want to do um, a PRC training, you never know. Yes. Uh, there's this workshop from Raps in uh in February. Um two days in Rotterdam, um two days of uh and jury and me as the, as teachers. It's going to be great. Or join one of my online training um which is also good. Um, it's just two hours, two, two, two times two hours, but it, it is covering the same subjects as the two days training. Ronald, if you if you can send me the link to those trainings, I will add them to uh, this event so people can find it. Okay. Now, I know, Nathan, you are now able to join us. And I always say, even if you raise your hand 
at the last moment, I will never say no, so I'm going to invite you to unmute your mic and briefly share what you have in mind. Hi, everyone, and uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, my question, Ronald, is I suppose when dealing with quality of life as a benefit, have you had any issues with notified bodies, competent authorities while defending your benefit risk analysis? Um, no. No, they, they, no, they, they understand what's going on, and of course you need to demonstrate it. You need to quantify it. You may, you must have clear evidence. But uh, just saying, oh, it's better quality of life. Uh, fine. Yeah. It, 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 I'm, I'm actually a bit surprised about that. You were surprised. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Everyone looks for clinical benefits. It, it's 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 a, it's a natural thing for me. Um, I've, I've been involved in quality of life so much uh, that it, 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 um, yeah. Well, <laughs> Can you do without? <laughs> well, I think Ronald, certainly you have, uh, in a way, both challenged us and inspired us to think about quality of life upfront, early on. You know, think about the patient. So I really yeah. appreciate that. I hope, uh, guys, you have enjoyed this conversation. I know we have run out of time. Recording will be available soon. With that, I want to thank all of you once again for being part of this community. Uh, it is because of you that we have such awesome conversations. Uh, stay in touch. Stay connected. Give me feedback. Write to me anytime. Get involved. Thank you, everyone. I will see you guys again next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.